All right, guys, back for Out the Top, episode 14. It is June the 20th, 2023. Uh, Dan just got back in from Visions. Uh, I know we've not been around for a couple weeks. We've had a lot going on, uh, not a lot of time to be doing this. So we're going to get back in here and uh, see if we can get you all updated. All right, so Daniel, how you been? We've been wide open. <laughs> I would say so. That's uh, it's been uh, well. We had Blue Holler, right, for the Outlaw Finals. Straight out of there and uh, out to Oklahoma for you guys. I was telling um, Lane, what uh, works here. I was telling him. I said if I was them, I would have just packed my stuff and just went straight but you all went and raced that and went back home worked a few days then loaded up and went to visions so uh man that's just that's a lot of traveling in two weeks right yeah we had we had some stuff that we had to get done we just came home for a few days and uh we had really thought about leaving for visions this past wednesday and then uh, got finished with work early got everything loaded up we were going to shoot out for went for Tuesday, and then next thing I knew, it was like nine thirty Tuesday night. And I said, "Well, we'll still leaving till late Tuesday. We'll just leave early Wednesday." So we left Wednesday around noon, and uh, drove halfway. Ended up staying, I think. Uh, I think it was Hazen, Arkansas, was where we we finally crashed at, and then we got up the next morning. Um, went to uh, like Cracker Barrel for breakfast and just, just kind of loafered and, and made our way on to, to visions that, yeah. that Thursday. Right on. Before we get too much into visions, let's, let's back up Uh blue hauler outlaw finals. I have never been to an outlaw race before the finals. Uh, right. I actually got to come. I got to bring my boy with me. We just come and relaxed all day and we got to watch some racing I used to think that Bikini Bottoms was the dustiest place on earth. <laughs> you and me both. I think Blue Holler may have it beat. Right. I, I have never in my life um, pulling out of the parking lot when we were leaving. Of course, they just had Redneck Rave like the week before. And right. from my understanding, Redneck Rave is a bunch of people hanging out in the parking lot. And so they're doing laps in the parking lot like you would like we used to cruise our our town strip years ago. They're just cruising the parking lot, turned it into a dust bowl, no rain. Right. Go straight into the outlaw finals. And when we were leaving, we left right before, you know, right as soon as the race is over, we we got in the truck and started it back home. There was a car in front of me and I had to let him get three or four hundred yards up so I could even see where I was going. Right. And I knew where I was going. I was like, holy crap. So, yeah, I think Blue Holler may have Bikini Bottoms beat. Yeah, and it's the the only thing, though, is Blue Holler, there's like a 1,000 acres to ride there. And while everybody wants to cruise around the parking lot, like even when we were there, I don't understand, um, you know, people coming through the pits wide open in the parking lot 
I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. You drive all these people come from everywhere, drive all these miles and hours to come to a park and uh and cruise a, a dirt road parking lot. Right. Uh, go out in the daggone woods. Uh, that's right which the only thing i'm glad it didn't rain could you imagine dude, no floppy i've seen um posts they've made like if they know it's going to rain and it's it's a kind of a deal there they like tell people like listen we've got tractors this weekend or we don't have tractors this weekend or mm-hmm. if you're stuck you're stuck yeah. uh so yeah it's been i've been over there a couple times this is the first time i've been over there when it was this dry um, all the other races, yeah. it wasn't necessarily wet, um, but it wasn't nothing like this. Of course, I've not been since, um, I guess the last time I was at Blue Holler was 2019, uh, when DC jumped the waterfall. Right. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was that time or if it was the bounty race that, that they put on, uh, I think it was back in 20 maybe. And it rained that day. And I just remember a lot of the racers were kind of down in the, the bottom of the pits there watching the uh, some of the people trying to leave, they would have to like sidestep this hill or hillside to try to make it to the exit for the park. And I mean, they were getting running starts and like sideways drifting, trying to line up to where they'd hit that dirt road, just perfect to where they could get a shot out of the park. Jeez. And, and I remember somebody telling me, and I, and I may be wrong, but I thought I heard somebody tell me that it may have been like John Allen Campbell, uh, tried tried getting out of the park and got stuck and took his bouncer unloaded his bouncer hooked it to his <laughs> truck and pulled his truck with his bouncer out of that park dude so that would have been cool to see i've been in some situations brimstone comes to mind uh that place is a disaster when it rains uh rush can be a disaster when it rains All right blue holler the the race i run there in 19 i knew it was supposed to give a little rain so when you when you pull straight in the gravel road there's a little knoll up on top and i parked i went ahead it was good and dry when i parked i turned my truck around i pointed it towards that gravel road i was kind of on a downhill slope and thank goodness it did rain but we didn't have no trouble getting out because i knew it was coming so I was prepared for it, but now some <laughs> of the guys down over the hill were were in in a bad shape. I I didn't hang out to uh, see how that went for them, but yeah. I can imagine how that how that went. Oh, you you had the top spot in the whole park. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody was trying to get over by the back, back by the barn, and and they, you know down this little hill and stuff to park. They wanted to be close to the race hill, and I'm like, boys, I I'll just stay up here. I'm I'm good. And uh, sure enough, it ended up. That was, uh, you, I think you were there, uh, yeah. Tyler Heinzel. I remember this plain as day. Tyler Heinzel had ran right before me and he mm-hmm. flipped in that Creek bed. Cause we were running in the Creek bed the, right. day, the day before the, the, the jump, we were in the Creek bed and, uh, Tyler flipped and it seemed like it took them. I don't know, 45 minutes to get him out of that creek bed. Right. Well, as soon as he flipped, it started raining. And here I am sitting on the start line in my fire suit, helmet on, ready to go. No umbrella, no nothing. It's pouring the rain. There's a river running underneath me. 
I take off through that thing and get up to the top, get hung on a rock section. It's just so slick. I couldn't go nowhere. I was begging them to time me out. Like I, I pride myself that year I raced. I didn't have any DNFs. That would have been one I would have taken. Right. I pulled up and backed up and pulled up and backed up and pulled up and backed up. And finally, I think I heard Brandon Davis yelling, back it up, back it up. And I finally got far enough back where I could get another run. And we finally finished, but I was begging him. I was looking at my watch going, is it time? Can I quit now? <laughs> and I, it wasn't nothing. It was on flat ground, but I was hung. Uh, so, yeah, good good times at Blue Holler. Uh, I will say for my first outlaw race, I know we've talked about them a little bit on here about some things they do, some things they haven't done. Um, I think some things, it didn't go 100% smooth um, at that race. Like I would have hoped, I don't think all of it was preventable, I guess. Uh, the dust was so bad with the two lanes. If one guy finished too far ahead of the other one, the dust was drifting over in the other lane and setting the timers off. Right. So we had a bunch of reruns and things like that, and then they started staggering uh, the way they took off. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't at the driver's meeting for this deal. I, I was just – there purely as a spectator but there was there was more reruns than i would have liked to have seen right uh you know i don't know i don't know how much the tape of course they've got the whole course both lanes it seems like it's it's a it's an alleyway they've got it taped right. both sides pretty much the whole way i did see a bunch of people breaking tape going under tape coming back in is that just a guideline or is is the tape a rule in that series so he usually will tell us at the driver's meeting if if there's a tape rule uh, a lot of it this year has been uh, you know as long as you don't intentionally break the tape has been their their kind of guidelines and um, you know we've been guilty of it too you know it's it's like the tape's just high enough for uh, the buggy to go under and making a turn, uh, you know, and we know if we're not going to break the tape, then we'll go under the tape a little bit, but it's never like we're putting the whole car outside the tape. If that makes sense, you know, it may be a wheel here, you know, the, the back end of the car sliding around a turn or something like that. But generally his, his rule of thumb is don't intentionally break the tape. Don't intentionally go outside the tape. And certainly if you do go outside, you cannot enter uh, above where you go out, if that makes sense. Yeah, if, if you go out, don't don't advance your position while you're out of the tape. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. So I didn't know how that how that you know how that rule was actually enforced in that series. And listen, the tape rule, the flag rules, things like that. I hate that it's a a, a topic of discussion ever. Right. Um, but what do you do? I mean, it, at some point you've got to be a little, we either need to be lenient with it. As long as guys aren't going around obstacles or cutting, like cutting corners, like right. literally cutting corners. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. I know I have seen some series in the past. If you break the tape, it's a penalty, but if you don't, you know, breaking the tape could be, you could bump it and break it, or you could, that sometimes that stuff will stretch 10 foot. Right. So that's kind of a crappy rule anyways. So 
as long as they're consistent with whatever they're doing, that I'm fine with that. Yeah, and they they have been, and um, you know, the, probably the only complaint that I've had this year is, uh, you know, I've I've seen some races where guys have went outside the tape and kind of advanced their position, and then they get a rerun. Um, I, I personally I feel like if we're going to allow reruns then we should be allowed to pre-run the course. Yeah, so I'm not – reruns, man, I'm I'm totally, totally against reruns unless it is just absolutely something that is completely avoidable um, or I should say something that is completely unavoidable. Reruns right. is just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. If you're not going to let anybody have practice, then we shouldn't get practice. And I don't know. I know stuff happens. I get that. Timers fail. I get that. But we need to know that stuff's going to happen ahead of time, and we need to have backup systems in place to keep. Listen, I would rather, and even if this was you for a win, and you know we've been racing together for a long time, and 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 I'm a, I, you know, I I want you to win more than I want anybody else to win. But even this is if this is you for a win, I would take. I think it would be fairer, more fair, whatever. Um, if there's somebody with a stopwatch, as a, even a, as a backup, versus you getting a rerun over a timer dispute, right? Because once you get a look at the course, you got a leg up on everybody. That's right. You know, I I don't know. I I think there should be some backup practices put in with all the series as far as timers go, especially with what we're doing. Uh, right. Because you go back and look at the timesheets from that race, and it's close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, is uh, some of that due to some reruns? I don't know. Is it – I don't know. I, th- I think I like pre-running, but also don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, used to, I was against pre-running. I, you know, I wanted to be, you know, a level playing field because – you know, you've got the guy that's going to go out there and pre-run for three or four hours. You know, it's like he's just wearing the track out. You know, I, 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 that's one reason I've never really liked pre-running. But if you're allowed 20 minutes to pre-run, I think that's fair. And that, that gives everybody a few minutes to get out there and familiarize yourself with the course. And, uh, you know, we've seen it in the past, the, the guy that, usually gets to pre-run the most is usually a top contender or the guys that don't pre-run, but they get to have multiple reruns just because timer issues, stuff like that. We've seen those guys in the top five, you know, a good bit of times. Listen, in the, in the, in RRA, one of the, 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 especially in the UTVs, you go to a UTV race, Clint Garrison's pre-running. Right. He's on that hill. He is, he is running. He's found him a spot. He thinks he can make up a couple seconds or a spot he's unsure about and he'll run that damn thing 20 times. Right. He'll figure it out. And and I remember at Windrock this year, you know, he took that RS1 and won the stock class. But he was pre-running forever. Right. Before that thing started and you know if that's if that's allowed uh more power to it. You yeah. Know, it's it's fair game for everybody. Uh but I don't know. I'm still undecided on whether I like it or not. Because yeah. we can't do it all the time. Right. Um, but, you know, these parks are also open to the public. Yeah. 
Well, and you kind of you kind of know where you're going to race ahead of time. So what's to stop somebody from coming the week before and right. you know running the hills or the you know the hard part that they know is going to be there anyways. Right. Uh, what's to stop them? So I don't know. I don't know if I like yep. pre running or don't. Yeah, and you know, cloud does allow it, but it's one of those things. It's like how how much do you want to put your car through? You know, that's that's always been my fear because we we pre ran before in the past, and it's you know it's cost us some parts. I remember a couple times, you know, Travis Skelton, they were scrambling to put a a steering linkage in. Uh, they broke during pre running. I've seen guys break a arms pre running. Um, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you, you practice, you put more wear on your car, it's anything can happen. So I guess it's a risk you take. Um, but you know, I guess the whole point of all this is if we can't pre-run, we don't need reruns. That's right. So figure it out. That's got to stop. Reruns have to stop. Uh, it's just, it's just a disadvantage to everybody else. Um, like I said, I don't know. It has to be thought out ahead of time, and we have to have secondary things in place. Like I said, even if it's somebody with a stopwatch, I right. would much rather take the word of somebody with a stopwatch. Uh, you know, all these races are filmed, too. Right. We can watch film. We can time film. Uh, we can get pretty damn close on time, you know, watching tape. So uh, right. there's ways to do it. Uh, versus letting somebody cut off five seconds or 10 seconds off a run because they figured out how to cut a corner the first time or they two-wheeled it going around a corner and now they know how to, you know, it's just, I don't like it. Uh, right. Outside of that, and not knocking the, 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 the event or the promoters, that's just uh, something I think everybody can work on. We don't need uh, reruns. Just like, okay, Visions, Knockout Racing, bunch of reruns right bunch of reruns if somebody gets and that's because of jumping you know right. if you jump this is this is drag racing that's drag racing off-road if you jump you're that's out right. first is worst uh so i don't know just just some little things like that bother me uh but all in all it was a pretty good event uh you had a smoking run on well forgive me i forget the colors uh the yellow the flame yellow flame yes which, and I always uh, yellow and blue i always get those confused because um yellow is odd blue is even and you know in my head it's like race one race two or round one round two yeah and uh you know for that lane i think we were sitting in second second or third that i think you up. you ended up second um because I posted it on on TikTok, the, just a little clip of your run, and I put so you know second fast on run one, and then after I posted it, I'm like, oh shit, we've still got half the field to go, right? Because I did, I forgot that the other half of the field has to come back and run that same lane because they had run the blue lane the first part of the day, right. so they they swapped. Yeah, so that's why in my head, like round one, you know, we we had second place, and that that's where my confusion sets in. Because, like you said, then it's like, oh, well, it's not really round run. It's just for the blue lane. And then the people that ran the yellow lane have to come and run the blue lane. Yeah. But you did but, end up second overall yeah. on the yellow lane. Right. And uh, 
you know, and two, we, we've been having a little bit of issues out of the car. Like I, I went from, uh, I changed tunes and aftermarket assassin has been great to work with. Um, but I've, I've had an issue with, I felt like the car was losing power. And then you, you even said that it didn't sound like it was running to its full potential. Yeah. I was talking to Wyatt and, um, of course, Wyatt had a bad day, so he got to spend most of his day over sitting with me. And I said, "Why? That just doesn't. It doesn't. Buggy didn't sound right." And and I was questioning myself. I was like, "You know, well, we're we're still running a Trinity exhaust, and everybody else it seemed like get, that day was running open headers of uh, straight pipe or a right. vibrant or something." And I'm like, "Well, we've got that Trinity on there. It just sounds different, and I'm just overthinking it." But it just sounded flat, right? And well. If you want to explain it, we can, we can, it was sounding flat. Yeah. And you know, I don't have a boost gauge in the car, but you know, once, once you feel a turbo kick in, you kind of know whether it's, it's kind of like a power band on two stroke, you know, you, you know, when to expect it to kick in and you know how it's going to feel when it's pulling. And it just felt to me like it was just losing pressure, you know, throughout the day. And, um, you know, we, we still were able to be fast, but, uh, you know, like I said, we were, I believe, second fastest for round one. But for round two, it felt like the car was starting to slow down and kind of die off. And then um, when we came around to hit the, the far left line that we wanted to hit on the blue lane to, you know, kind of burn the, the bounty hill there, uh, the car pulled hard, hard to the left. I knew something wasn't going on. Come to find out, we had busted a back tire uh, when we made that transition around that turn to go up to the bounty hill there. And, uh, you know, I I knew that I had to hit that line just right. And when the car shot left, I, I knew it was over with. So uh, we hit the brakes, took out Mickey Thompson uh, banner there, <laughs> yeah. out, out took off, uh, took, took out old poor Curtis, the camera guy. And, um, uh, you know, backed up. And at that time, you know, I was like, okay, well, I just ruined my chance because that that's kind of like a one shot hill. And then, uh, you know, I started backing up and was fixing to come off the course. And I was like, well, you know, I've got to at least try it. You know, we, we're going to see what it'll do. And if I can at least get a time is a whole lot better than a DNF. And uh, the car went up the hill better than I'd ever even imagined it. I mean, it, it uh, you know shot right up and out, but unfortunately we weren't fast enough up up that second hill. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. So you were uh, on the first hill. You were Dylan Dowler had a 73, and you were in second with a 77. So he had a smoking run, and then on the uh, what would be heat two, the way they listed here, heat two we ended up with a 124. So out of uh, the people who finished, you were next to slowest. But yeah. considering you done it on a flat tire, uh, we'll we'll take a finish any day. Um, yeah, and I think that ended up putting us like maybe eighth eighth overall for the day. Uh, I'll count them here. I'm looking at the results: one, two, three, four, five, six. Thirteenth, uh, uh, I think. Okay. Yeah. 13. So I know they, they allow the top five and there was, I think if I'm not remember wrong, there may have been like 20, 20 some odd cars there. So, uh, yeah, it was a big crowd. 
middle of the pack. I can't complain about that. I'm having to finish on a flat. Well, I mean, that's it. You had a smoking run, run one. Uh, you know, the next person behind you was Clay Kaysen, uh, who ended up with our uh, outlaw championship. Right. Um, so he was the next one ahead of you, behind you. And then let's see, who was, who was after Clay? Uh, Robert Cooper, I think. Cooper and Nathan King had some really good runs. They ended up uh, on the podium for the day. So all in all, good day. Uh, Nathaniel Bell. So if some of you guys don't know Nathaniel, he, he did end up in the top five. Uh, Nathaniel's kind of new to racing with us. He is driving the old uh, – Timmy Cameron chassis. Right. The UTV uh, chassis. Yeah, the UTV chassis. He's local to me. I know him. Uh glad to see he's finally getting uh used to that buggy and putting down some smoking times. I mean he had an eighty four, sixty two, and another sixty two. Uh so he just missed the podium by just over a second. So he he's gonna get that thing dialed in. He's gonna be fast in that. So that's something right. that, that's somebody that's a name you guys need to start listening for a little bit more. I think, uh, you know, he, he's been racing that thing all year and he's going to get faster and faster. So that's, that's somebody to watch in the future. Uh, so anyways, blue holler, I was telling, um, I was telling, uh, well, I even told you, so we, uh, I've only got to see you podium. Um, once I think at Arkansas last year. Right. Yeah. So usually if I'm around, it's not that we have bad days. It's just, we either just miss the podium or something breaks and I'm just kind of a jinx on the whole deal. So, nah. uh, well, <laughs> so the first part of the day, you had this smoking ass run done really good. Um, I was setting up by the general didn't even listen. I didn't even realize until I watched the videos back of the Hills and I was right there. I didn't even realize oh, yeah. how rough they were. Like the whole the whole hillside up where we were setting, you know, there's little ledges and rocks and stuff all in them. I had no idea. Uh, I was just trying to stay hid and pretend like I wasn't there. And you had a really good run. Hill two, I was excited because you had a really good run. So I walked down to the tape to get a little closer, and you bust a damn tire. <laughs> so the jinx is still on. So the next race I'm going to is at West Virginia. So I'm going to stay at the damn vendor trailer <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'll just stay at the vendor trailer from now on. And, uh, you just keep getting trophies when I'm not there. We'll, we'll hang out after the podium. Right on man. <laughs> All right. So we mentioned at the top of the show, you just got back from visions. Uh, I went to the first visions two years ago got to go out and spend most of the week that was just the beginning of this deal it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger every year uh right. you know travis pastrana has got a hand in it guys we had uh connor daly who is a indycar nascar cup driver he was out there running rally cross or nitro cross or whatever it's called um, right so they're getting big names uh out there so it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh just what was it like you've been to every one of them you've not missed divisions uh, talk a little bit about the the i guess the growth of it and because i talked to you on the phone one day and you're like dude you wouldn't even recognize this place 
Right. Yeah. That's see, I think you and I talked on Friday, I believe. Um, so we, we got there with uh, visions for, for nobody that understands what visions really is. It is, I mean, it's hard to explain other than it is like a rock and roll festival piled in with off-road racing and bull riding, uh, motorcycle stunts. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, I'm not going to really say like the X games, but, um, you know, there's any kind of racing you want to do off-road racing. There's, um, you know, RC cars, there's rally cross, which is, is called nitro cross out there. Um, last year they had monster trucks this year. They had nitro circus. Um, that place used to be the first year we went, it was all kind of confined to, what I would say the office and the swimming pool area for those that have been in the past and uh, off of the swimming pool area, you had the race area and, and that's basically where they had at this time. It was just a, um, what I'm going to call a short course track, which is kind of like a motocross track, but for like UTV cars or, or for off-road you know, cars. And then they had the hill climb area, which was for like the rock bouncers, stuff like that. And then, um, everybody, after you would race, you would go to the stage or to the shop, to the, to the party, the shop party. And, you know, there would be, uh, you know, like Everclear playing and, or, um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones in the past. I mean, it's like, it's a concert. I mean, it's basically you ended the, the race day with a, a full on, full band concert and uh we've luckily seen it grow you know the first year and then to the next year they added a lazy river um it, which kind of blew everybody's mind because it was just like a little swimming pool and then now you incorporate two big swimming pools and then one big lazy river and then um they've they've made uh part of the office area they've turned it into a off-road store they sell merchandise parts uh, they've added a coffee shop up top, and then they've added a, a, a restaurant, which is basically like a buffet. And then they've added another bar on the back of that. So there's actually like two or three bars around the place. And then this year, they've doubled the off-road area. And where we used to race is all paved parking lot now. And uh, that's where they had the bull riding, stuff like that. And uh, all that's completely paved like a, you know, a, a big mall parking lot. Really? And that's what set up for the uh, the Nitro Circus stuff they did Saturday. And then beyond that, which I remember them calling the Valley or Thunder Valley is where we all raced. And now they've turned the, uh, the short course track. Uh, Travis Pastrana got his hands on that. Hubert and... Matt Zeiler and all those guys went out there and uh, a, a lady was telling us they came and raced, I think it was Memorial Day race. And he said those guys were even race or what they were like moving dirt while they were racing. Like that's how busy they've been making that place to what it was for this visions. So, so that, it's, it's, you know, the first time I went out there, um, oh man. So you mentioned the pool. When I went, the pool was gone. Right. 
the very first time the pool was gone. They had like an above ground pool. Um, they took it out in preparations for the big pool. Right. Uh, you know, but dude, we used to go out there and when you went in, you didn't buy a ticket, you bought a membership. Right. And it was free beer all weekend. Uh, and surprisingly enough, it wasn't that rowdy. Right. Uh, but it was pretty tame, but it was a super nice place. And then something happened with, with that deal. And anyways, it, it, it changed. And every year you go out there and he's added something. Uh, you know, last year was the, um, the mud pit that they built up on the, in the field. Uh, then they built the RC car track, um, you know, the pit bike track. They, do they still do the drag races up on by the shop or did they move that out right. because of the concerts? So that area is still there, but the mud pit that you were talking about, I didn't see it. So I, I think it's gone now. Okay. And then they moved the pit bike track that was on the other side of the road. They moved it across the valley there. So it's on top of the hill. So you can actually see. See, that's where they had a, a bounty hole mud pit area right. up on that top, too. They had one there for a while. I didn't know if it was still a thing or not. So I think it's gone. I think the pit bike track is there now. Okay. And, I mean, you talk about a pit bike track. Like oh, this. I mean, you couldn't – like, Travis had basically turned this place into his backyard. Like, I mean, it's legit. Pastrana Land 2.0? It is. It's basically uh -huh. that. and. Then the track too, um, I mean they they work super hard on it, and it's not just um, you know it's not just a few jumps and a few turns. I mean it's it's like everything was well thought out, and kind of the way that like the first thing that hit me when we were sitting there watching the nitro cross, um, you know cars making the big huge berm coming up, it kind of reminded me of the turn at Glen Helen. It's got the you know the big Glen Helen sign that looks like the the Hollywood mm -hmm. California. So it's like they're bringing the West Coast stuff a little further east, which is pretty awesome. Well, the track looked. I watched some videos of the uh, the the Nitro Cross guys because I was just after you told me they were running electric cars, I was like, well, I, I want to look <laughs> at some of that. And then of course uh, with Connor Daly running, I, Connor has a, a podcast called Speed Street that I listen to every week. And I got to meet Connor when I was at the Daytona 500, um, yeah. and talk to him. You know, he hung out with, uh, in Travis Pastrana's pit with me and Hubert for a while. And so I got to meet Connor and talk to him for a while. So I was just intrigued to watch him, uh, see how he done. So instead of, you know, I didn't know anybody other than Travis Pastrana. Yeah. And, and you know, Travis is cool, but Travis does everything. He races boats, bikes, cars right uh go to walmart he's probably racing somebody in the parking lot with a shopping cart uh oh yeah so but having somebody else a name that i knew in the series i was like well i'll tune in and 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 check some of that but uh the course looked legit like it looked well groomed built right uh and man those those cars were pretty awesome i hate to admit it uh for an electric yeah. vehicle yeah, I, uh, I I did send you one video mm -hmm. when I talked to you. We were talking about the electric cars, uh, but I recorded some of those. And then one of the videos I sent to you was actually a gas car. But dude, the electric cars 
you could hear the whine of like the electric motor, but basically all you would hear was like, I'm not going to say it was rocks, but it kind of reminded me of like when you cut up on a dirt road or something and it's throwing gravel mm. over the car, it's hitting the bottom of the car. That's the only thing I could kind of compare it to. But I mean, that's all you hear. It's like they'll get on it, sling stuff up under the car and you can hear it hitting the car. It's so quiet. It's uh, the electric stuff is cool uh because it's instant power right yeah but it just don't make enough noise they need no. they need big boom boxes off the back with a <laughs> with with a v8 sound at right. least at least pretend to fool yeah. us i guess i don't know but uh, that was kind of deal like they, they come off the start line i mean you would you would be amazed like how fast those things are oh it's instant and, and then like you said instant power but it's like I don't know. It'd be it's like watching a jet show and not hearing the, the roar of the jet. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that'd be uh it's like okay, even even watching uh R C cars. Mm-hmm. Like go watch an electric R C car race. They're pretty cool. But hearing those little nitro motors. Right. You know, you can tell you can really hear when the guy's having to work the throttle and things like that. That that's right. that's where the noise I think for me is is you can really hear when somebody's patting that throttle, but you can't hear it as much in an electric car, especially when they get a distance from you. So right. I don't know. They're cool. Uh, hopefully they'll make yeah. that series grow. I know F1 has tried and they may still be trying electric cars. I don't think that's going over or went over very well. Uh, I don't know. I feel- uh, electric cars and motorsports, just going to be a hard sell. Yeah. I, I, but I feel like the, the way that, that my take on that nitro cross was like that may be uh, in which I ran into Hubert and Hubert could probably have told me this if I would have thought about it, but there's almost like there's different classes for the nitro cross and there's different cars for different class. Like I guess you have B class for the electrics and then uh, you've got the, uh, nitro cars which would be like the nitro cross or rally cross stuff but they also had uh, uh like a, a utv class that there was probably like eight eight to ten of those guys running and then they had a uh, i don't know what what number it is but i know i've seen them on social media but they're basically volkswagen bugs and there was like yeah. 10 of they brought and, those uh, dudes out at uh hammers this year too right right yeah, yeah. So, so basically everybody runs that same course. And, and from what I gathered, that is probably like a series that Travis is probably going to uh, push to do certain events each year. I, I don't know what, you know, how many races or, or how many events they're going to do, but I don't know. You know, you know, Dana White actually owns that series now. Really? Yeah. Dana, Dana purchased that series from the Nitro team. Uh, okay. Of course it was owned by Nitro Circus up, you know, their conglomerate of whatever. Uh, but Dana White of the UFC actually owns that now. Uh, they were doing some kind of giveaway. You could win Dana White's Polaris Ranger. Uh, I don't know if that was out there or how you got entered, but you should have gotten entered in that because it was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, Dana owns that. So it's, I mean, it's got some, some backers behind it. Um, I look forward to it. I know they've had a couple different variations of rallycross in the U.S. Uh, Red Bull had a deal back a while that kind of went belly up. Uh, 
Uh, Travis so far in that bunch has made a pretty good go of their their nitro cross. So hopefully it keeps going. Uh, right. but because that's I mean that's cool. You know, three years ago we would have never dreamed that that kind of racing was going to be intermingled with some of the stuff that we do. Uh, right. So that's cool. Uh, so we had that, you had the bull riding. I'm sure that was a good time. They had the pit bike races. Uh, what I'm interested in is, is, is our stuff, knockout races. Oh yeah. So we had- you all done that under the lights, didn't you? Yeah. So we, uh, we did that Thursday night and we were supposed to have the driver's meeting at, I think it was 9 PM Thursday night. And, uh, it was more like a DJ party. There was, uh, if you're familiar with the area where we used to stage a good bit for the, the hill climb stuff, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a pond. It's probably like a, uh, maybe an acre pond with a little cabin sitting at the edge of the pond. So that's where the, uh, they had a guy set up doing tricks on jet ski with laser lights and stuff like that. So, we got some pretty cool footage of that that we're probably going to show out on social media this week, which, uh, you know, we've been so exhausted that my social media has been dormant all week. We've just been trying to play catch up. But uh, we ended up uh, doing, a, I think it was like three or four hills that were kind of like, uh, you know, something similar like we would see for knockout racing, just, uh, you know, about 100 yards up the hill and uh, three or four ramps up it. It's a good time. Knockout racing from the from the first one to now, it's it's still relatively the same. When they right. first started it, it was like through the woods, right? Uh, and now it's they they've made a more smooth path. Uh, but man, that last jump, there was some guys absolutely airing it out at the finish line. Didn't Paul? Didn't Paul? Who ended up winning the unlimited class? Didn't he cross the finish line and flip when he won? Yeah, so I don't, I don't, remember. I think it was in his big car. Yeah, his big like, car. Yeah, he shot straight up, and it like, I mean, you could see it just like it went to the moon and then came down right on the nose. Well, and then somebody I was watching, somebody jumped over somebody at the finish line. Some of those guys were just, I don't know, dude. I mean, sending it out the top. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's an adrenaline thing because it's, it's like you take off and you're like okay, we're kind of close. We're side by side. And then you go over the first hill and then you realize that you're still side by side. Well, when you get over like the third or fourth hill and the other guy's a little bit ahead of you, then it's just like instant throttle mode. Like, uh uh-oh, I don't know what's going on with my foot, but it's going to the floorboard. (laughs) It's like you're trying all you can to pass that guy. And and you don't really think that, oh, I'm fixing to hit a ledge at like 40 miles an hour. It's going to shoot me up to the moon. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I wasn't expect. Of course, we've seen you know in in knockout races in the past. They always like to put something special at the top, but it. Right. Some of those guys were absolutely airing it out. Um, I actually was watching the unlimited, and uh, it was way past my bedtime, and I I'd fallen asleep watching it. Not that it wasn't exciting. Right. This is I'm an old man now, and bedtime is ten o'clock, and so you guys had just got started. I feel you, and that you know, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Tell you how late we stayed up, and we didn't get up the next morning to like ten o'clock. Oh Lord! So it's like that's that's rare. That's like once a year 
party style for us. Yeah. So I got up the next morning and I got to run it back on my phone and uh, watch the live feed off of uh, one of the Facebook pages and uh, got to go back and watch some of the runs. Uh, seen you make a run. You beat uh, some full body. And then who who else? You ended up racing DC, didn't you? Yeah, we ended up uh, running. I don't remember which one we ran second or third. Like uh, the first one we raced, a U- uh, Ultra 4 guy, and uh, ended up beating him. And then the next run, I think, was uh, – I'm thinking it was Paul Wolf. I had to run for my second run. And then we ended up uh, going in the loser's bracket on that, and then the third run was D.C. Yeah, and- so D.C., I mean, absolutely hold you. You could tell something was wrong with the buggy. Of course, we had talked right. about the, the turbo issue. But at the yeah. top – I don't know if he thought he just had it in the bag and let off or if you were finally building a little spool or a little momentum or what, but at the top, it was very close. Yeah. And like, I knew, and it, uh, I knew I had to get the jump on, like that was just all there was to it. So as soon as I saw that flag flicker just a little bit, I I was gone. And, uh, we, we come out probably about the same time. I may have got a little bit of a jump on it, but, uh, you know, I could I could really tell that he was starting to pull away from me, and uh, you know, I'm like you. I think he was kind of letting out of it a little bit, and then the car was still it was still built a little bit of boost, but it wasn't 100 percent like it should be. I, if I had to put it on like a percentage, I'd say the car is probably running at like 25 to 30 percent full full power. Yeah, I, I could tell he was pulling you pretty good at the bottom, and the, but as you got closer to the top, you kept reeling him in, and it was it was pretty close. I was like, oh man, we're going to beat DC. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. Knockout racing is uh, is always a good time. Uh, I like, I think, that style better than, uh, you know, what they'd been doing like Disney. Right. Uh, you can't – the turns in knockout racing, it really needs to be straight up. Uh, yeah. The turns, because whoever's got the inside line for the most part right, is going to do well. Yeah. Uh, but the, the only time we've seen turns in knockout racing that I thought was pretty cool was um, we did West Georgia Mud Park a few years back when with Joey and Tripp, and you started at the top of the hill on – one would be on the left side, one would be on the right. And then you would race and go down the hill 180 towards each other and come back up side by side. Oh, that'd be and cool. That that was pretty cool because you could see if if the guy that you were racing, if he rolled over on the bottom side, then all you had to do was put up to the top to finish. You know, so you, you did have an idea of like, you know, if you needed to stay in it or not, you know, as, as long as you, uh, both had your like own individual lanes, I guess. And, yeah. and your turns were the same, but like, um, what was it? I think at visions last year, um, they had the big, it wasn't a knock, it wasn't a knockout race. Um, I forget what they called it, but they basically raced a horseshoe. Right. Uh, and whoever had, as long as they got the jump, or a decent jump at, at that. Whoever had that inside lane almost won every round because that's right. You know the radius is very much shorter. Uh, that's right. So I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the turns unless, like you said, unless it's a dual lane and you can come back. 
you know, they need to be the same or, or like they do in the, um, uh, the Olympics, man, get a stagger start. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Give them a stagger start. Yeah. But visions is a good time. Uh, I enjoy getting to watch a lot of the live feed. They have, they do a really good job. Clyde, uh, with rock racing TV does a lot of that for them. Uh, he does good work. Those guys put in hours and hours and hours. Um, you know, he, not only does he do our series, he does all their stuff. Um, so he's a busy man and they do awesome work. Yeah. So Claude does a real good job. Uh, but always, uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to come to, uh, any off-road event at all, but if you ever wanted to spend a, uh, a week in the summer in Jay, Oklahoma, that is the only place to be is at visions. So, you know, I've talked good and bad about that place. I, I think I hate it more because it's so far from home. Uh, but I love it because he does have a really nice place out there and, and he's spending a lot of money for the, uh, community out there and gives us all somewhere to go. You know, last year we chose as a series, not to race that event right. as a points paying race simply because I hated the idea of forcing people to take their summer vacation racing. Right. You know, most of us all have families. Um, we all have jobs. We have to take off a whole lot as it is to go race. And I didn't me personally. Uh, it's just, it's hard to take off a week to go to Oklahoma to race. Um, so we chose as a series not to go back. Uh, we wanted it to be a voluntary deal. So that's, you know, they have the knockout races and that's what that's for. Uh, the guys who want to go, um, I don't know. It's a good time. Yeah. I, I suggest it for everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because there's, you know, you talked about live feed and stuff and I mean, that's really cool for the people that can't make it, but you know, even if you can't devote a whole week, if you're not, uh, if it's not a mandatory race, I mean, even go for the weekend. I mean, the Saturday nights when they had the nitro stuff, the, the nitro circus, yeah. uh, you know, and then you hang out by the pool, you catch some ultra four stuff. Uh, if you were to come out early as, as Thursday, you could have seen the knockout stuff, but like the bull riding and all the major concert stuff like that usually happens like Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of behind the scenes things that go on and we did leave a little bit early saturday to to get a jump on coming home which i kicked myself in the butt for now because that there was a guy doing uh kind of like a stunt show in the pond at like the intermission of the knockout race they put that jet ski in the pool <laughs> in dude. the damn pool i've seen that and and we were there like friday kind of hanging out there's like a food truck area it's all covered. Uh, Jason Robinette, the guy that owns the park, super, super cool guy. Uh, he's sitting there eat, eating lunch. And, like, when you think of, like, an event this big, it's like kind of like Disney World for off-road. So, like, they're not going to let certain things happen in certain places. But dude was sitting there eating a sandwich for lunch, and the Ives brother that, that do the Wall of Death the motorcycle stunt show mm-hmm. was pretty cool. They're out in the parking lot in front of their wall of death, cutting donuts on their Harleys and like smoke show everywhere. Everybody's hooping and holler. I'm like, he's fixing to shut this down. You know, this is, this is his park. You know, he's, 
he's got every right to shut it down. Dude, he was grinning from ear to ear. I think he he enjoys uh, he enjoys building that park. He enjoys uh, doing new things. The guy's got uh, big ambitions, that's for sure. Uh, you know, he is the owner of Ultra Four now. Um, there's some changes I hear coming with that. Different styles of races. Uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 a big deal. Visions is a big deal. Uh, Mid America's got a really nice park. Right. Uh, I wish it was two hours away from me yeah. instead of 12 two hours instead of 12 is that's that's the only thing i wish he would do is just uh we need a east know, he would shorten the the interstate system to make it closer for we, all we need a east version jason robinette if you're listening an east version yeah. Ten, tennessee yep. kentucky yeah 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 i mean he can there's room here in my town i'm i'm good with that right. <laughs> all right i'm glad you had a good trip we've uh we've rambled on i'm going to try and come to visions next year um uh, try and bring timmy with me my boy we got him a um um it's not a it's an electric bicycle um he started he started riding it today uh i was nervous he is my only kid and i didn't want to go to the er today and uh he took right up to it, man, like he'd been riding it his whole life. Uh, we turned it up. It had three levels on it, uh, speed-wise. And we had to turn it all the way up to the to the fast one <laughs> within the first hour. So uh, we could take that thing out there with us, put him in the pit bike races, I guess. Uh, all right, guys, like I said, we'll be, uh, you know, glad we got to be back this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to do a uh, kind of a mid-season recap for the National Rock Racing Association. Then we're going to take a few weeks off to get ready for the West Virginia trip. We'll let everybody know. Uh, you know, we'll probably come back right after the West Virginia race, uh, get everybody updated on that. So be on the lookout out the top. Uh, we'll be brand new episode next week. See you guys. See Hey guys, have you ever wondered how we're able to keep our machines looking so good in between every race, especially with all the abuse Dan puts them through? That's because we use Maxima SC1 on all of our machines to help them get that brand new shine and hide all the scratches before every run. Not only do we use Maxima SC1 that make our machines look their best, we also run Maxima Racing Oil's fully synthetic engine oil to help our machines perform at their best as well. We also run Maxima side-by-side trans in our transmission and Maxima side-by-side drive in our front differentials with zero failures. Guys, Maxima Racing Oil is the official oil of Team Rock Life Racing and the exclusive oil of Rock Life Off-Road. All right, guys, back for the rundown for this week's episode. We had a couple big events since we have last talked to you. Uh, we're going to start with the Blue Holler Race for the Outlaw Off-Road Racing Series. It was their season finals. So we are going to go over the event first, and then we will come back and do the overall podiums for all three classes in that series. So for the UTVs for the Blue Holler event, Cooper Bentley took the win, Dylan Dowler in second, and Nathan King took third place. Dan had a uh, second quick run on the first pass, of the day had a flat tire on this second pass ended up with 14th for the event for the bouncer class jonathan o'meary took first place daniel heckley in second and nick reich took third 
Pro-Am. Ross Curry was your winner with Cody McDaniel in second and T. Croft in third. For this season, guys, this is your champion for the UTV division. Clay Kaysen was your winner. Cooper Bentley in second place. Cody Kaysen in third. And Dan Carter took fourth. Daniel Heckley took the bouncer championship with Brandon Davis in second and Wes Keene in third. And then your Pro-Am saw Ross Curry take home the championship with T. Croft in second and Cody McDaniel in third. Moving on to Visions out in Jay, Oklahoma. There was a lot going on out there. We had knockout racing and then Ultra 4 racing. We're going to cover as much of that as we can. Uh, I know we're going to leave some stuff out, but we'll get what we can here. Knockout racing. UTV saw Paul Wolf with the win, Cash LaCroix in second, and Kyle Anderson in third. Paul also got the win in the unlimited class for knockout. Moving on to Ultra 4, we're going to do the UTVs first. So they had a couple different UTV races out there. Um, the UTV runs stock class and open class together, one event, and then they had a pro mod class that runs separate. They usually run those guys all together, but for this event, they separated it out a little bit. So we had two different race winners in the stock open class. Uh, Jason Wofford was your stock and overall winner in, in the open class. Ian Dickey took the win in his division. The 4900 Pro Mod class saw Todd Beckett with your win, Corey Willis in second, and Kyle Chaney in third place. 4400 class, Paul Wolf took the win. Um, guys, next event's coming up. There is a Bounty Hill race at Adventure Off-Road Park on July 1st. That's a big money event. Make sure to get signed up for that event. And then we don't have another points-paying official race for the National Rock Racing Association until July 21st and 22nd at Good Evening Ranch in Canvas, West Virginia. Uh, we will be there. Rock Life will be there. Dan will be there. We're going to be trying to get us another podium finish for Team Rock Life. So, guys, uh, we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, we look forward to talking to you. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Rock Life Off-Road. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.